<clears throat> now this is recording. RTI International Center for Forensic Science presents Just Science. Hello, and welcome to Just Science, a podcast for justice professionals and anyone interested in learning more about forensic science, innovative technology, current research, and actionable strategies to improve the criminal justice system. I'm your host, Paige Pressler-Jur, with the Forensic Technology Center of Excellence, a program of the National Institute of Justice. Today, we'll be discussing the Humanitarian and Human Rights Resource Center, which is supported by the NIJ's FTCOE together with the American Academy of Forensic Sciences. Our guests are Dr. Duarte Nuno Vieira, who is a professor of forensic medicine, forensic sciences, and medical law at the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Coimbra. He is also our 2020 AS HHRRC Clyde Snow awardee. We are also joined by Dr. Claudia Plenz, who is one of the HHRRC funding recipients and a professor of historical archaeology, as well as the creator and coordinator of the specialization course in forensic anthropology and human rights at the Federal University of Sao Paulo, Brazil. Duarte, can you tell us what it means for you to have been recognized as the 2020 Clyde Snow awardee for your outstanding contributions to humanitarian action and the global advancement of human rights. Well, it was quite a surprise, but it was also a tremendous honor. I had the opportunity of knowing Clyde Snow when he was already just a little aged, but he was a fantastic person. He has done a tremendous job at an international level, and he was in the origin of one of the main teams that works in humanitarian field, the, Argent the Argentinian team of forensic anthropology, and he was quite a character, so I never imagined when I begin my career that one day I will receive an award, and especially one award with the name of Clyde Snow that has a very special significance for me. Can you tell us a little bit about what humanitarian forensic action is? Okay, we must think that there is no standard or legal definition of humanitarian forensic action. Usually the definitions, they depend from the area from where they came. So law professionals, they use one definition. Uh, people from ethics, they use a different definition. Uh, politicians, they use a different definition. But the International Committee of Red Cross has proposed a general definition for humanitarian forensic action. And they consider it as the range of forensic science activities that seek to alleviate human suffering and protect human dignity uh, during and in the aftermath of armed conflicts and situations of catastrophes. If it is done free of charge, in a neutral and an impartial way, and framed under international humanitarian law. So it has to obey to these ethical princi principles, to be neutral, to be impartial, to be free of charge, and to be done under international humanitarian law. Can you tell us about the importance of applying contemporary forensic science and forensic medicine principles to global humanitarian and human rights projects? Well, I would say that forensic medicine always has had a humanitarian perspective. Of course, we always work for the protection of victims, for the protection and the dignity of the human being. But this is in fact an immersion field because natural catastrophes, catastrophes deriving from the scientific and technological progress and unfortunately harmed conflicts 
are still a sad reality today. I will even say that they are increasing. They are increasing because there is a higher population density. People travel today much more than what they travel in the past. So there is today a, a larger mobility of the world population. And so natural disasters and disasters deriving from the transport field are today a, a reality that are happening always. We have these climate changes and we can say today that these climate changes are originating almost every month. Some catastrophe somewhere in the world, floodings, uh, earthquakes, cyclones, etc. They are happening uh, everywhere. And unfortunately, also conflicts, they are a sad reality and they are also increasing. The Secretary General of the United Nations called very recently the attention of the world for this increase in the world conflicts in, in many parts because cultural conflicts, political conflicts, religious conflicts, they are still a sole reality in the, in the 21st century. So I would say that there is an increased need for uh, humanitarian forensic action because all the situations is not only the number of victims, of lethal victims, of, of people that disappear, of the missing persons, but in all these situations, always violence increases. All the cases of conflicts, all the cases of catastrophes always have as a consequence also an increase in all forms of violence and especially in some forms of violence, for example, in armed conflicts, sexual violence always rises a lot. And this is again one area where forensic medicine has to be, uh, has to interfere and where we can have a fundamental role because forensic medicine is not only anthropology and pathology, is not only uh, dead persons, is also living persons that need to be examined, that need to be accessed, and there are investigations also to be done in the living. And so these situations affect the death and affect the living. And so there is a large area for the action of, of forensic sciences. Absolutely. So what do you think would be the next steps that the forensic community, specifically even AFS members, would be able to impact this well, area? Uh, uh, we must prepare for the future. And what we can say is that we have an unpredictable future. No one can know exactly what the future will be. And since you cannot predict the future, what you can do is to prepare yourself. And so what we have is to the teaching and training in this area. So training people to know how to act uh, whenever they are confronted with situations of conflicts, with situations of catastrophes, giving education in this area and put this in the curriculums, even at undergraduate level. In my time, no one teaches us in the faculties, for example, this kind of interventions. And today you have to put in the curriculums of the disciplines of legal medicine, of the disciplines of forensic sciences, even in the disciplines of ethics, etc. cetera, uh, this kind of concepts and this kind of concepts. So education, training and, training and reinforce expertise, the training people how to act and how to do these kind of procedures and how, and how to know how to do them, even if they do not have the best facilities, even if, even if they do not not have the best equipment, but it's possible to do a lot in terms of humanitarian forensic action, even when you have very basic and simple things to, to work. That really does bring us over to Claudia. Mm -hmm. Claudia, you know, we would love to hear about your humanitarian and human rights resource center supported project. With the support in the amount provided by the HHRRC, we start to get the necessary equipment to the bioanthropological analysis and to improve the laboratory facilities at the university which until then had no, no equipment at all. We managed to buy from basic instruments such as calipers to very specialized equipment such as a 3D scanner for this project. In 2014, the Federal University of Sao Paulo created the Center for Forensic Anthropology and Archaeology to receive the first Brazilian case of attempting to identify missing persons, militants, during the Brazilian dictatorship. 
the Peru's working group, GTP, as we used to say. As an archaeologist at the university who had experience with bioanthropological methods to estimate sex, age, stature, and ancestry, I was indicated by the dean of the university to implement forensic anthropology at the university. The GTP received forensic anthropologists from different institutions, and during my experience in this project, I realized that there was no protocol with standardized methods for estimating the biological profile of the individual de developed in Brazil. No database recording all information from a Brazilian forensic contest was not being built either. Both the protocol and the database have an enormous potential to improve forensic anthropology and its application in human rights in Brazil. So in 2017, as a university professor, I created the first specialization course in forensic anthropology and human rights at the university in order to make both academics in the area of archaeology, history and social sciences and also forensic experts from the Medical Legal Institute in Brazil to have a qualified background and training in forensic anthropology, conducting research and applying methods in their day-by-day -day cases consciously and contributing to an effective and positive results. In addition, we started a research project entitled Project of Validation in Forensic Anthropology in order to access, validate and test international bioanthropological methods. Wow, it sounds like you have overcome many hurdles for your work. Can you tell us more about how you have overcome the hurdles? Yeah. At first, one of our main hurdles was to get an osteological collection for this research. However, after an agreement with the Institute of Education and Research in Forensic Science in Sao Paulo State, which had a bone collection from the public cemetery, our biggest problem was to obtain financial resources for the research. The political and economic crisis in Brazil has paralyzed scientific research in recent years, and obtaining funds, especially for an area which is still under development in Brazil, such as forensic anthropology and human rights, was almost impossible. So, when we found out about the possibility of obtaining financial resources from HHRRC, it seemed to us that we could finally to find a way to enable politically and to develop financially our research, improve the area in Brazil. Thank you so much. Um, can you tell us about what's next for your project? Well, um, our protocol of the research project developed by the coordinators have 35 methods to estimate sex, age, stature, and ancestry. The methods were chosen from the international literature most used in forensic anthropology worldwide. Our aim is to assess them in our specific context, the Brazilian population. As this is a project carried out blindly in relation to anti-mortem data, we still cannot achieve the complete conclusions, but we have already seen relevant results, mainly from methods used for estimating ancestry and those methods that depend on the application and the result of another method, such, such as ancestry and sex, for example. In this sense, we aim to increase our sample in order to calibrate some of these methods and create a protocol that could be used by forensic experts in Brazil. We will start another project that aims to excavate and analyze a mass grave of a Brazilian indigenous community, the Chavante, that suffered a process of genocide during the military dictatorship in Brazil. This new project that begins this year also has the support of HHRRC. It's a pioneer project that dealing with uh, the indigenous rights in Brazil. It's also the first time that we will have a project that associates forensic anthropology and archaeology in Brazil, totally necessary for its contribution and application to human rights. 
Therefore, HHRRC support for the research project associated with the first course in forensic anthropology and human rights that I coordinate demonstrate we are expanding teaching, training, and academic research scenario in the field of forensic archaeology and anthropology in Brazil. It's great to hear the impact that the HHRC has been able to have for your project. Mm -hmm. One of the other aspects that I think is really important that the HHRC is doing is providing guidance and mentorship from AFS members to support these humanitarian forensic action projects. Can both of you tell me about a time that you received that type of mentorship and what it meant for you in order to keep your research going? I would like to thank the HHRRC support to our project and I would like to reassure that all these initiatives will have a crucial impact in a medium term and it will help to consolidate the academic contributions to human rights in the Brazilian society. Well, I think the Humanitarian Human Rights Resource Center is doing a great job in this kind of mentorship. Uh, not only in scientific research projects, which can improve the, the, the application of forensic sciences in this area, but also in training projects, for example. We have already sponsored and sponsored some training projects, namely, for example, in Filipinas, where the National Commission of Human Rights had no training at all on what to do and how to do it. So it's this kind of uh, work that it's absolutely fundamental to improve the future, because as I was saying, it's education, training and expertise. These are three fields and the Humanitarian Human Rights Resource Center has to have an intervention in these three areas. And of course, we have inside the, the center a very good group of professionals from all over the world that can cover the five continents and that are there besides the, the, the sponsor and the mentorship that can be provided by the Humanitarian and Human Rights Resource Center, even individually, all the members, all the members of the scientific uh, advisory board, all the members of the, the center can also mentor professionals and they are being involved in that. So all the forensic experts can count on the support of the Humanitarian Human Rights Forensic Research Center for whatever they need in terms of expertise, I repeat, in terms of education, in terms of training. Well, we're running near the end of our time together. I'd like to thank our guests today, Dr. Duarte Nuno Vieira and Dr. Claudia Plenz for sitting down with Just Science to discuss the impact forensic science makes on investigations of humanitarian and human rights injustices. Thank you. I thank you for the invitation and let me congratulate you for the fantastic work that you are doing. I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to like and follow Just Science on your podcast platform of choice. For more information on today's topic and resources in the forensic field, visit ForensicCOE.org. There you will find additional webinars, guidance documents, reports, and conference information. Please follow the Forensic Technology Center of Excellence on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or sign up for our newsletter for release dates for resources. I'm Paige Pressler-Jur, and this has been another episode of Just Science. <laughs>